Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elevated Project Podcast. I'm Mike Costelli and this will be episode number 53. I've got a couple of these episodes in the queue to be edited, so I apologize for not getting them out. That's totally on me. Uh, Jamie and Christine keep piling up the podcast, so I'll keep editing and putting them out. In this episode, we talk about goal setting. Christine comes up with an awesome idea of the do not do list. And we also get into the mental side of scale weight and how it can mess with you. I hope you guys enjoy this. Thanks for listening. I don't know about you, but I'm menstrual cycled out. I know. (laughs) Literally. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elevated Project Podcast. I am Mike Costelli and with me I have Jamie Granville and Christine Andali. And this is like our second consecutive podcast. We're doing good. We're doing good. And we're all, well, I'm eating, Christine's eating, Jamie's just Mm -hmm. eating. Well, maybe I'll just eat your toast Steal my damn toast. I'm munching on salmon and Simple Mills crackers. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What do you do for a living? You're a nutritionist? No. What are we eating? Toast and turkey bacon, and I had eggs. I'm hot. I'm taking this off. <laughs> the internet would agree with you. <laughs> I'm just talking about your rock star status. Yeah. So, so um, normally we're always playing catch up. Like, hey, what's been going on? We haven't been doing the podcast, but we did one last week, mm-hmm. and we got some good feedback from all people are excited. But we had some questions that were um, or topics, I guess we're going to talk about this week. So how do we want to jump in on this? You want to um, talk about goals or, yeah. the lack of, or the lack thereof? What to do when you don't have goals? You eat salmon and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think we could start by, so we get, um, maybe I'll just start rambling like I usually do. So we, at least I, as a coach, really push the whole idea of having a goal because I think it focuses the client or the athlete in on what the hell they're doing and why they're doing it. And sometimes it's very black and white, right? You have a client who, like, let's say Jamie would have a client who's going to compete in a bodybuilding competition. The goal is obviously to look as fucking lean as you can and jacked as you can. It's pretty clear. Or a performance-based athlete, it's like their performance is their goal and their recovery is their goal. But what about clients that fall outside of the realm, which most of them do? Um, yeah, and I actually had this conversation with someone <clears throat> the other day about how sometimes I think people are intimidated by having a nutrition coach because they think it's all about just losing weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you just talk about people that, I mean, like getting people to have a goal mm-hmm. and some people just need to get their shit together. (laughs) That is what their goal is. And it's like, they don't drink water. Mm -hmm. They actually don't really eat consistently. They don't know how to create like good sleep hygiene. They don't. So you're talking about me. Why are you going (laughs) to be like that? (laughs) Isn't like, I just think that there's a misconception too, that it's like nutrition coaches are just all about like, restricting and yeah. taking away food so that you can lose weight. And I think I'm that that's true. like 
it's, it's totally not furthest true. from the truth. Yeah. And it's like, yes, yeah, so, I mean, some people's goal is just to be able to like to get protein in. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think so. If we talk about it from a personal point of view, we can talk about it from sort of different extremes. So you have a goal, Jamie. Yep. What's your goal? I mean, everybody knows, but what's your goal? To get thick as fuck. Thick as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, currently, <laughs> well, currently yeah. I, am... so you have sort of some, you have some small short-term goals, but then yes. like your long-term goal is to, I'm trying to oh, well, feed it out of you here. Well, is to, cause I'll compete next year there to requalify. So compete in bodybuilding. Yes. Right? So that's in women's goal. physique. So. so you have some short-term goals of getting thicker then <laughs> outside of that, getting leaner and then looking good. Christine. Now you have had some very specific goals in the past when I've coached you, but what are your goals now? Well, I wanted to touch on this because coming from someone who's competing and like that was my main goal, right? To make mm -hmm. to the CrossFit Games. Right. Um, coming out of that, it was like I always caught myself saying, I don't really have a goal with training. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a goal right now. But when you zoom out, like I would, my goal would be to just like have fun with training and have, you know, just be healthy. And that's a goal in itself. But when you're going from like performance-based goals, that doesn't feel like a goal. No. Right. Or like focusing on the little things, like a goal of mine was like to have a better balance of life and fitness. Yeah. You know? And I, um, for a certain period of time, did you feel lost? Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. I when think, I think yeah. it happens with people who it have does. like the, it's the all or nothing mentality, mm -hmm. which, is common. which yes. is common, especially for people who compete. Mm -hmm. And, and then once they, they shift into a different, you know, say chapter of their life, it's like trying to figure out what to funnel that energy into now. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And because you do end up changing routines and all sorts of like yep. eating and sleeping and relationships change when you don't compete anymore. And mm -hmm. um, your body composition changes and your yep. thought processes change. And it's like, it can be tough. And I've yeah. seen, I've seen clients go through it, but I went through something similar where when I transitioned out of CrossFit, I realized, okay, this is blowing me up. I'm getting sick. I need to change this. I decided, oh, I'm going to try powerlifting. So I went into powerlifting and I had a coach. I had a very good coach. And I was like, wow, this is boring as fuck. I really don't like this. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to compete in FireFit. So then I started doing that. And then I'm like, you know, that's not really working for me either. And I was like, I felt really lost. And I'm like, I yeah. just work on staying healthy, right? And as I've gotten older, it's like, that's really my goal is to look good, feel good. Really, yep. if I had to sum it up. And it's it's not a concrete goal where I can look at a calendar and be like, okay, there it is right there where it's a right. race or competition or whatever. It's like, it's kind of this abstract goal. And at times it's like, it took me a while to get used to it. It's like, okay, this is the goal. This is the journey I'm on just to look good, feel good. Right. And there's right. maybe some performance elements in there, some small stuff, but um, I've, I've kind of, it took me a while to accept that goal for a while. I think I was trying to find something like Jamie said, to funnel into and, to be like, okay, I'm going to do fire fit and I'm going to, you know, compete at this race and this day. And it's just, it wasn't working out for me. So, yeah. 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 So the, yeah, yeah. My, my goals are with training is literally just to have fun and mm. 
not wreck myself, feel good when I'm leaving the gym. Um, and it's, you know, everything outside of that is just from a longevity standpoint, you know, I want to optimize my hormonal health. Um, and that comes down to just little basics that I focus on throughout, you know, my life, like lifestyle stuff, like sleep and, you know, eating enough and making sure I'm getting in enough micronutrients and balancing my training. And so like, those are my goals. Now we'll talk about the clients in a second here, but do you ever feel demotivated having that goal? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. yeah I mean, that, that's just normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's, that's, I think that's common if somebody doesn't have, I think that's why people like, I'll use an example. It's like Susie soccer mom decides she's going to run a marathon and she's never done this before in her life, but people get wrapped up in the whole goal, like the end result. And they're like, Oh, I need to do, I need to have a challenge. So I'm motivated. And I right. understand that mindset and it's a very simple linear mindset, but at the same time, it is, it can really conducive to what you want. Right. Right. Um, and I think having, let's say an abstract goal, like you and I have, it can be harder to stay motivated because there's really no concrete things that you're chasing. It's like, right. Like for you, it's like, you're already lean, you're already fit, you're already healthy. Like you have all these benchmarks that maybe other people don't. So it's like, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, you're just trying to maintain that. Yeah. And I think long-term health, that's where my head goes. Yep. Like what I'm doing now, that's going to pay off long-term, you know, in my older age. Yes. And so that's truly, you know, a lot of the time what I think about. And I also think like when I'm not motivated, like, trust me, I go through this a lot. Um, you know, not wanting to go to the gym or like whatever, but I always think back on to the past. So anytime I wasn't motivated in the past, I went to the gym. How did I feel after? Great. Yeah. Right. And so that gets me going sometimes or like, um, you know, there was times in my past where I had multiple shoulder surgeries, right. Couldn't work out. Couldn't. And I, I was dying, dying to work out. So I'm like, you're healthy. Like, what are you doing? Get to the gym. You can go to the gym. So like these things are, uh, will get me going when I don't feel like going. I think it just comes down to, too. It's like, it's because we have done this as a lifestyle for so long. We don't know any different. Right. That's like, true. It's for some like, clients, it's very new. Yeah. yeah. And it's yep. just like, um, it's just, it's like habits that we've created routines and structure that we've created that, that really it's like, if you miss part of that, then, you know, you're going to feel shitty. Yep. Even though your motivation might not be there. I think it's just, it's that whole discipline part. Yeah. Discipline is learned, right? Discipline that yeah. like just doing it, even when we're not motivated to go and do it, exactly. once we get there and we start moving, then we're like, Oh, okay. Now I know why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a, such a huge part of it too. Yeah. The discipline. Um, as far as your clients or the clients that don't have goals, how do you talk to them about that? The thing is, is like most of them do have goals, even if it's just overall health. Yeah. Right. So like Jamie touched on, like, it doesn't have to be about fat loss. It doesn't have to be about muscle gain. It can be just simply about longevity and us building on that, like building the basics and getting consistent with them and, you know, having that foundation. And that's what we work towards. 
It's not like super sexy, but. Oh, I was just thinking yeah, that, so, thinking that yeah. exact term. It's not sexy at all, yeah. but and, at the same time, it's super important, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. And when I, when I have like people that are new that are really like, I feel like they, like I said, they spin their wheels, like they aren't making any traction on, I'm like progressing with, with, um, you know, incorporating good routines or, or strategies in their life. What I've been getting them to do is make a list of their priorities. Yeah. Mm, yep. So like, I'm like, like I'm like, put done that. like write down 10 priorities. And what I want you to do is pick three that are most important to you. Mm. And then I want you to get a whiteboard or something. And I want you to write it on the whiteboard so that you see it. And then for each one of those priorities, what do you have to do in order to like achieve those, those things? Right. So, you know, I have some people where it's just like, they have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning (laughs) or they have a hard time getting moving in the morning. So it's like, okay, so what things could you do to like kickstart your day so that you feel like you're, you know, making progress. So it's like, get up in the morning and drink a liter of water. Yep. And then start making your breakfast. That's like a mental thing. And then drink coffee Mm -hmm. while you're making your breakfast. And it's like, it sounds really stupid and so simple, but it's like, if I have people who, if they do those three things and then they do their dishes, they feel like they've accomplished accomplished something and then they're motivated for the rest of their day to continue. That's like the, the whole mindset of like making yes. your bed in the morning. Yeah. Right. Yes. Which yep. like, and it's like, yeah. and, or it's like, they just need to get up, grab a coffee and go walk around the block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get some like, like sunlight. You but, do that all the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, but I just find like, as coaches, we can tell people, okay, do this, this, and this, but it doesn't always stoke that like fire for them to feel like, like, I think some people need to simply like, need to break it down, they need to really break it down, but it needs to be things that they value, not things that yeah. we value. Right. Exactly. And it's like, if they, if they find like some simple things that they value and just simplify it and it's like, okay, once you knock those three things off the list and you nail that every morning, then we can move to the next three. Right. I, I think the visualization part of that is is highly um, under underappreciated. So writing something on a whiteboard or writing something mm-hmm. there, as cheesy as it sounds, if it's in your face all the time, it's at the forefront of your like conscious thought, right? Right. And I, I use this example with my clients a lot. Um, like we have lots of different ways to have lists for tasks. Like you can have an app on your phone, you can put it on your computer. But I find from a personal point of view, if I write out a to-do list on a sticky note and I stick it in front of where I'm going to be most likely my computer or on the fridge or something, there is 100% chance everything on that list gets done. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how simple it is. It's like mow the lawn or yep. whatever. It's like, if it's in my face and if I've physically handwritten it down versus I can put it in a note in my phone, but it's going to get lost in the rest of the shit in my phone. But if I write it out, there's that psychomotor aspect of writing it out. So it's consciously I'm writing it out and then it's in my face visually, then, then, you know, it's going to get done. 
So I always say lists are one of the most underrated things out there. Handwritten lists too. Handwritten. Yep. Handwritten. Yep. yep. Yeah. Cause we have a big whiteboard in the office mm-hmm. and we came back from vacation <laughs> and I was like, I felt like I was so behind on everything. And so remember that day you wrote everything. I out. wrote everything down on the, on that, on the, on the board. I was like, and I sent, I sent him a picture and I'm like, this is my day. Like, this is all the but shit. It makes you feel so much yeah. more organized. And well, then I, all I did clear. is I just like, I organized it so that it was like priority, like this yep. person you dealt with first and this and this, and then like the bottom stuff. And then I just went through and I like crossed that shit off. The best feeling is crossing it off. It's like, well, boom. If you wouldn't have written down, do Mike's programming, I would have never gotten programmed. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've implemented this with some people, but I'm going to preface it by saying it doesn't work for everybody. Um, it's a do not do list. Ooh, really? Uh, and I'll give you an example. So first of all, you don't write a whole bunch of stuff. Like you write like one or two things that you feel are getting in the way of where you want to go, getting in the way of like your goals or distracting you throughout the day, or it could be something mental or something like that. Right. So I've had a few clients do this. Um, and the one I loved so much, she was every day was going, we were, you know, we were working on her health. She was in a reverse diet. Um, she was having some body image stuff go on. And every day she said she would go in the mirror and like grab onto her stomach. And so she put that on her don't do list mm-hmm. and it was just an insane game changer for her because she didn't realize just how much that was impacting her mentally until she stopped. Right. She put it on her don't do list. She, she stopped doing it. Like she would, she said like she would, you know, go to do it. Like it was almost becoming like a habit. Yeah. And she would stop herself because it's on her don't do list. And it just like it helped her a I lot mentally, um, you I've, know, with the whole process. I've never, ever heard of that before? I'm yeah. sure I have, but it just I'm totally doing that for myself. Mm-hmm. Number one, stop watching porn. <laughs> number, two, number two, stop talking to random women. No. Um, oh no. Um, yeah, no, I like that. And I, I could see mm-hmm. how you wouldn't want to have a whole bunch of like, cause really you're highlighting the negative, right? Mm-hmm. Putting it at the forefront, just be so you don't unconsciously do it. Like, you know, grab yourself and look in the mirror and say, Oh my God, I'm yep. fat. You're, mm-hmm. you're stopping that. Then you're stopping a bad habit. Right. So, yeah. huh. Grinding coffee. Can you there's hear that? Some, there's some people, like I said, it works with like, I've, I've actually, this is the beautiful thing about coaching and individuality and stuff like that is stuff is going to work for someone and other stuff isn't going to work for another. Um, You know, how people function is different. And so, you know, I had a client where she was like having bites and licks of candy and it would, and she wouldn't track it and like things like that. And we figured that out. She was open with me. We communicated about it. And she was the type of person that it worked for her if she had, you know, almost punishment, which this doesn't work for 95% of people. Right. You ever implemented it for yourself? The punishment? 
no, 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 <laughs> no. Like the do not do list. Um, yeah, but it was to do with social media. Oh, nice. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Cause that can really yeah. get in my way. Uh-huh. Anyways, this client, like she made a punishment uh, for herself. Like, you know, every time she, if she would have like a bite or if she would have something that she didn't necessarily want to have, um, she would do like X amount of burpees. Oh, and it I was like, it was like a certain amount that was like, oh gosh, like I don't want to do this. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying in like 95% of the people making a punishment from a do not list would not work. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, Very, very randomly can someone, like I would be the type of person that would work well with. I have a really solid relationship with food. You know, if that would work good with me, um, if I wanted to like stop something. Um, But from the people that I work with, that would not, you know, fly. Like if I eat this, then I have to put all my laundry away all at once. Fuck. You need to make that list. Yeah. (laughs) But then again, you know, some people actually having the candy, like that's progress for them. Right. It's as, as with everything, it's so dependent and stuff. I really like that though. That's the do not list. That's Mm -hmm. one of my, that's like my new favorite thing. I'm gonna write that. Do not stomp around the house. Oh, I knew say <laughs> that. Oh my God. Then you're gonna to have to buy me like ninja slippers or something. I buy moon boots. Moon boots. Okay, fine. Fine, <laughs> fine. Hey everybody, thanks for listening so far. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I want to take a little break for an advertisement from one of our sponsors, Relief. A big shout out to my sponsor at Relief Natural Wellness. As most of you are aware, CBD has been trending for a hot minute. Now, we all know what happens when something is crazy popular. Everyone wants to make a quick buck, and this means a lot of cheap, ineffective, and low-quality products on the market. CBD has become super popular for good reason. It is a great all-natural option for treating a variety of conditions like pain, inflammation, sleep, stress, mood, and digestion issues. Relief Natural Wellness is a Canadian company and they've built their brand on quality. They use only the highest quality Canadian grown hemp for a variety of products ranging from topical to tinctures and complete third-party lab testing on all CBD to demonstrate potency and purity. This is so important for anyone who might be subject to drug testing for THC in occupation or in sport. Their testing provides comfort knowing you'll pass those tests. And they even sponsor athletes and retain many customers who do routinely undergo drug testing. Relief sets himself apart from the plethora of CBD products with their evidence-based formulas. This combines specifically selected essential oils to elevate the benefits of CBD, just another reason why their products really are more effective than other CBD products you might find on the market. So don't buy your CBD at a gas station. Hit up www.yourrelief.com for your next online purchase. Use Jamie10 in the checkout for a discount. Um, what else? So, so we hit on the goals there. I think we covered that quite a bit. If people had questions about that, obviously they can reach out and talk a little bit more about that. Um, 
What other topics did we have from the Insta world that they wanted us to talk about? I have one, but I'll let you go first. Um, not freaking out after one or even a few higher weigh-ins. Mm. Oh yeah, let's chat about that, the whole, shall we? Yeah, it seems like we talk about the scale quite a bit. Um, and I always think, oh, you know, we, we've beaten this topic to death, but it's one that continually pops up. And I think it's one that continually vexes people and vexes coaches. Um, why don't you guys talk about it? You got, we were sort of talking about it earlier before we started recording. So, well, I can, I mean, I, think, I try and get my clients to weigh themselves every day. Yeah. And I, think I mean, we have different, and I think that there's that. like lots of people that are like, Oh, that's stupid. Like, why would you get your clients to weigh yourself, weigh themselves every day? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, so for me, I use it more as like a tool to like, teach them that it's just data (laughs) yeah same and so it's like if you have say 30 days or like 60 days of people weighing themselves um you have a lot of data to like show them that it can like weight increases or weight it losses or just like you know weight staying the same you can show them what it correlates with and show them that it's something that isn't linear and that it fluctuates and that it's like their habits and the things that happen in their life um affect affects it right exactly you know like for example um if say you normally don't ever eat past six o'clock but you happen to go out with friends or you go to like a you know a barbecue or whatever it is and you end up eating more or you end up eating like late into the evening, like Mm -hmm. say you go out out and you have pizza at 10 o'clock at night um, or like a big heavy meal, the next morning, more than likely you're going to weigh more because you have more food in your gut. 100%. Right? And it's like, it's not like, oh my God, I've gained two pounds of fat overnight. It's like, no, you just need to have a giant, bowel movement and guess what I mean yes you might have some little bit of fluid retention if you eat a bunch of sodium but I'm like if you're eating more than what you normally do guess what food has weight like Mm -hmm. not like you're eating air right I think people they they don't well one I think they know but they don't know at the same time and sometimes they think they just need reinsurance like fluctuations in body weight one it'll vary from client to client I have clients who don't fluctuate more than a half a pound, no matter what they do, right? Unless they're actively trying to gain or lose, but it's like they go out, they binge or they under eat and their body, body uh, weight doesn't change. Other people, it can fluctuate quite a bit. So one, there's always individual variance between that. But yeah. two, it always comes down to, and we talked about this, Christine, it's like glycogen, water, inflammation. Those are the three things that are going to acutely affect your body weight on the scale yeah now is that body fat no can those be taken care of yes in a short term easy manner totally i mean if we see something like so the trend is like your body weight is increasing and it happens over like a span of two weeks and it keeps going up and then physically you look different then yeah there's something going on but it's like if you have a female who you've been tracking her weight consistently for like you know four months and it's like, oh, it it's like directly related to her cycle. Well, you can show her that and say, look, exactly. hey, you know what? You need to relax because this happened 
this has happened the exact same for the past three months yeah. and it's on that day. Look at that. It's like, it, it's yeah. like clockwork. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, Oh, yeah. okay. Now I get it. Like, I know? think, I think clients that weigh themselves daily will get that quicker but then the double-edged sword to that is sometimes people that weigh themselves daily will build a neuroses around weighing themselves daily. Yeah. So it really depends on the client's personality. If they can be disassociated from the data, it's being like, oh, it's body weight. Oh, it's my cycle. Oh, I had a couple of drinks the night before. That's my way weights up. It's not fat. It's just whatever. Then it's fine. But if some people get really messed up by jumping on the scale every day, especially if it's not what they want to see, if that weight <clears throat> is under or if that weight's over, Right. And I can use myself as an example. I don't weigh myself every day. Um, I weigh myself when I feel heavy because I like to see that number well over 200. Right. Like that's the way that my brain's wired. Mm-hmm. Right? So I weigh myself every day because I know after a night shift, after heavy training, um, if I haven't eaten my 3,000 plus calories a day before, I'm going to be under 200. And then I get all bent out of shape when I see it. And it's, it's irrational because I know why. But mm-hmm. at this time when I see that number, I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Right. So I don't weigh myself every day. I have some clients that do, some clients that don't, some clients that definitely shouldn't jump on the scale because they don't have a good relationship. So it just depends. Yeah, I'm this. Uh, typically, I like to get them to the point of dissociating from it by learning from it. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, and I've done that multiple times. I have one client who I'm just so proud of. Like when we started, she would like freak out, like so bad. If it was going up, she'd be so happy if it went down, you know, like thing, like that whole thing. And now in her check-in, she's like, well, I had a meal, like a heavier meal. I went out for dinner. I knew it was going to be higher the next day. I knew it was going to come down the following days. I'm just like, yes, like this is exactly what we want. Um, so I do try to get people, I do put them on. Um, I say, I give them a choice to weigh in three days a week or every day, but just keep it consistent. Um, but there are times where I have them on (laughs) and it's just getting like way out of control that it's not worth it. And I have to pull them off until they are in a better spot mentally you know, down the road to go on it. And yeah, I've had yeah. that too, where like we've worked um, on things mentally for like four months. And then at the four month mark, they've hopped back on and they're, they're not having, you know, those emotional responses anymore. They're just in a better place. Oh. Uh, so that's how I go about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I really try and drive it home that, you know, it is a data point, especially for females, you know, different hormonal fluctuations happening a lot of the time I'll like Jamie said with females are I'll compare like week month or week one month one week or month two week one right so the first like you compare those weeks because that's the, the flow of the cycle um but again it's like okay if we're stressing about the scale you're gonna see the scale go up from stressing about the scale like it's like a vicious cycle um and yeah so many things are just associated or can drive it up or drive it down so I try and and work on it with them yeah and it's more of like I I have the discussion with him to tell them it's like a tool for teaching 
yep. so that they can learn about their body and about their habits as opposed to a marker of progress. Exactly. Right? And then we talk about all the other ways that we can track progress that, mm-hmm. that aren't scale related, right? So, you know what I find in, as an interesting observation within the bodybuilding community, they're very focused on scale, yet for the most part, the weight is really not an issue because no. there's really, except for one weight class, which is the 212. Like we're talking about competition. Well, male bodybuilding, they have to make weight classes too, or they will be put in a weight class depending on what they weigh. I thought it was just 212. No, well, like the like who? the heavy weights oh. and the... Well, for the most part yeah. though, it doesn't matter, right? No, because they're really looking at it from data. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a data point, yeah. right? Yeah. Really nothing to do with anything no. else. Like if you go on stage as a women's physique competitor, it doesn't matter if you're 200 pounds nope. or 115 pounds. doesn't. Doesn't matter, nope. right? Yeah. Within the CrossFit community, um, a lot less focused on body weight and the scale, right? But I don't know where we're seeing more issues. I think the issues with body composition. I know this is getting off topic a little bit, but like body composition, to from what I see, does not play a role in CrossFit. Um. Yeah, this is a huge can of worms to open because there's so but- many different body types like super lean higher body fat and these women are and men are crushing it like now are you talking about performance related to body comp yes i almost i'm almost like okay i want to take this topic and save it for another day because i know you need to go right away because you have adulting stuff to do (laughs) this is a really good topic though um i always really like this one um so when you say within the crossfit community body composition doesn't matter do you mean it doesn't matter from a performance point of view? Like someone can have some like, okay, I'll take an example. Like Fakowski. Fakowski's crazy lean. He's yes. Lean bean, but he crushes it. And then I'm not even going to pick anybody, but there's probably other male or female competitors out there who aren't as lean, yet they crush it like a boss. Well, yes. I mean, that's what you mean, it, right? I think it, yes. Okay. Let me say this. Okay. I think it, do, it does depend on the person, right? Mm-hmm. Like, someone's like super lean and then they put on a bunch of body fat that could impact them differently performance based compared to someone who has lots of body fat or more but not lots more body fat and they're good there yeah you know or if they got too lean to the point of like this person they actually wouldn't perform as well yes you know what i'm saying yeah now but it's just like i think the general pop when it comes to uh, CrossFit body composition and performance, they think they need to be like super freaking lean, ripped yeah. with abs, yeah. and then they end up dieting at like twelve hundred calories. There was to- there was two in the general statement you made. There was two ways that could have gone. Yeah. So I, I was going to say within CrossFit, and I think within the bodybuilding community, people obviously are focused on aesthetics. They want to be mm-hmm. lean. That's the whole point for being there within CrossFit. That's not the point for being there. No, so the emphasis, and this is a very good thing. I think the emphasis isn't as much on body composition. Mm-hmm. I know from a personal point of view, when I was involved in CrossFit, especially at the competitive level, I totally didn't even care about my body comp. I was like, like mm-hmm. for the head. I just didn't care. I, it wasn't a thought in my head. I was like, how can I get stronger? How can I get faster? Right. How can I not die when I'm running that kind of stuff? Right. So I think from a mental health point of view, that's a very good thing not to be focused on that. Yeah. Thinking about this the other day, as I was training, it's like almost better to be focused on 
parameters that you can like performance-based parameters. It's like, how can I get faster? 100%. How, how can I get, how mm -hmm. can I get stronger? Right. Um, and this is way off topic because I was thinking about this from a mental health point of view in bodybuilding where it's yeah. like someone does everything right. It's like for months they diet and they train and they track their macros and they eat clean and all that stuff. And they look the best that they ever have in the history of their whole existence. And they get on stage and someone else tells them that's not good enough. Yep. That's fucking oh, yeah. crushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I train and I eat and I do all my due diligence and I'm a good little athlete and I go to my competition and I don't beat Fakowski in a one mile run, how crushed am I going to be? I'm like, well, I did the best I could, but I just wasn't right. Like right. very black and white. It's like, I wasn't good enough because I wasn't fast enough. It's not, mm -hmm. I, it just is. Well, and cause that's the thing too, is with bodybuilding, it's like, yeah, you can step on stage and you look amazing and they're like, nope, sorry, you're 10th. But then Fuck. you can go to like a week later to a different show and there's a different judge and they're like, she gets first. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. It, it's like, I was just, yeah. and this is a total tangent. I was yes. actually thinking about this while I was training the other day, I was thinking how hard it is mentally to compete in that sport of bodybuilding. Whereas from a mental point of view, competing in performance-based sports, it's, it can be defeating because it's like you do everything right and you don't win and you think you should have, but especially, especially if it's not a judged sport, if it's like, you know, this guy got four minutes on the mile and this guy got 357 on the mile. Well, we know who wins, right? It's very, very clear. Right? Yeah. I don't know where this came from. This topic just kind of popped into my head. Because I, I said about body composition in CrossFit. CrossFit, but there's such a disconnect there because like I said, the top athletes, the top athletes, most of them do not give a shit about their body composition. No. Right. It's all about like, as long as they're performing well, most of them. Okay. Well, some of them will, some of them will, yeah, but most of them but yes. are very like, they, if they're performing well, they don't really care. You know what um, we do um, sometime is get Kyle Ruth back. We were talking about Kyle Ruth earlier because he, and maybe some of our new listeners won't know the history behind this, but um, he wrote a very good post about body composition and performance-based athletes and how it's like a like a u-shaped curve right mm -hmm. when you're like over fat your performance is going to suck and this is really oversimplifying his whole um, idea behind this but if you're over fat your performance is going to suck if you're lean you're going to have optimal performance but if you're ultra lean you'll yeah. have performance yes and he can get into the science because he's a super nerd um, we should have him on to talk about that. I think that's an interesting topic, but, um, yeah. until that time, we're just talking about, um, but the else? disconnect is because we deal, you, you deal with higher, I would say higher performance-based athletes where I'm dealing with like, kind of like, I do have some higher, but more general pop that people who yeah. want to get there, I guess you could say. And their mentality is that like, they need to be super, super lean. Yes. And yeah. there's that disconnect there. It's like, no, no. no don't. The foot if they're chasing performance. Yeah. Yes. Um, you but know, even, so even for me, just talking about like my bodybuilding clients that like, for example, I have someone right now who is doing a cut until like the middle of October. So um, 
but she, she came from powerlifting. And so she's really strong, um, mm-hmm. but she's switched over to bodybuilding and she's like totally killing it. But for her, she's still stuck in this mentality that it's like, I need to be lifting like this certain amount of weight in order to make, be making progress because she keeps right. lifting. But now because she's like in a cut, of course, her performance has declined, you know, like her, her weights are basically staying the same. Her, her strength is dropping down a bit and it's like, but she's like crazy lean now. She looks phenomenal. And I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, <laughs> okay, so this is your trade-off. You right. This specific way, your performance is going to be shitty. Uh-huh. You're just going to have to be okay with that. So we're going to do a cut and then she's going to move into a build for a year. Right. So I'm like, it's okay. It's going to come back. It's, it's going to come back because yes. you're going to start eating again and you're going to, you know, your strength is going to go up. So Coming from a performance-based background yes. to bodybuilding, that's a hard transition. Mentally. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm still working on that every day Yeah. where I'm like more, more and more every day. I'm concerned about my form and not the weight Yes. where it's yeah, done. Me too. Being, a, being a guy, it's very ego-driven as well. Right. Like I want to lift the most weight I can. But at the same time, it's like the other day, I was like, okay, it doesn't matter. This is 24 pounds, but fuck, this is killing me. Yeah. Keep my form, you know, as best possible. It's just a different. We totally, we totally got off track. There. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> as you just call this episode, a big fucking tangent. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about everything. I think people like it though. Um, but yeah, all in all, this all in pill all. is influenced by... 100 different things we, we talk can't about look yes, yeah. we can't look at it solely we need to look at other I things i guess we just need to call this episode chop suey chop suey, <laughs> chop suey tangents yes whole bunch of shit. Yeah. well that's good these ones usually turn out well you um you said you needed the blast yes yeah. you have some adulting to do what, what kind of adulting I have to be at the house for the washer and dryer delivery. <laughs> nice. Okay, I backed it. I backed it right up by accident. So it's my fault, but I'll be here for the full episode next week. Nice. Yeah, Cause next Friday we're doing taco, taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Taco so we need to find, we need to figure out some topics to talk about. Taco time. So you're going to have to pull the, the, the gram. I will. I'll do another one. Cool ideas. All right. You guys have a fantastic okay. day. Thanks okay. for listening. <laughs> <Talk to you. laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs>